Hello. Good morning, afternoon, evening, or late night, wherever you're listening, or whenever you're listening. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Ian Castleberry, and I'm a writer, editor, and podcaster. Thank you for listening and downloading. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You might have to search under my name, Ian Castleberry, that's C-A-S-S-E-L-B-E-R-R-Y, until we get a few more shows in our archive. Also, a rating or review from you would be fantastic if you're willing to take the time. By the way, are you one of those people who likes to listen to a podcast at a one and a half times speed or faster? I'm just curious. I've thought about it, but don't like the idea of anything being sped up or distorted. Uh, email me at thepodcast at gmail.com, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-S, or at me at thepodcast on Twitter if you do. If enough people tell me they listen to this faster, I might try inhaling helium before I record, just to find out how that sounds at higher speed. Basically, I'm looking at ways to stand out in this big, big podcast pond. Is it okay if we start off with a bit of a warm-up? You tell me if you see this as a blatant attempt to make these shows a little bit longer and prefer me to just jump right in if an episode is devoted to a review or something like that. Again, email me or give me a holler on social media. Last week I mentioned that I hadn't been feeling well, and I'm mostly over the squeezing headaches that were bothering me. I know that was due to allergies, but I also wonder if it was because I've been wound really tight over the past couple of weeks. This probably won't surprise those who know me well. I tend to be a seether. I swallow irritation and annoyance until the kettle finally boils and shrieks to let that steam out. Dirty Perkish It's not one of my better character traits. I know that. I often need to do a better job of addressing things in the moment or shortly thereafter, rather than letting them build up. I feel like I'm getting better with this than I used to be, but when I do finally air my grievances, it can come across as a surprise to the recipient because I didn't let on that I was feeling that way. I mean, I always think I'm letting my displeasure be known, but it probably gets lost under my default surly setting. So off I go, like Yosemite Sam with guns a-blazing. So I've been wound up letting work stuff get to me, other podcast stuff, people at home, even a little niece who was just a little bit too whiny the other day, and I need to lighten up. Or maybe relax on a few standards. Take a breath. Chill the hell out. Life is too short, right? I keep telling myself to take up meditation. One of these days, I'm really going to do it. Whatever comes first, that or marijuana being legalized in North Carolina. Maybe I should just chop on some CBD gummies in the meantime. You just made the list, buddy. And I don't like nobody touching my stuff. So just keep your meat hooks off. If I catch any of you guys in my stuff, I'll kill you. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> so right now at the movies, we're just kind of killing time until Avengers Endgame takes over the world on April 26th. Or April 25th, since a lot of people will be seeing the movie at Thursday night screenings, so they can say they saw it first. That leaves a couple of weeks for another movie to grab up all the box office dollars it can, until Marvel effectively closes off the gates. It looks like Shazam is going to hold that brief spot on the box office pedestal, and it's definitely worth seeing a fun superhero appetizer before the Avengers and Thanos serve up their three-hour melodramatic blockbuster. I reviewed Shazam on the previous podcast, if you're interested in going back one show. The movie that won't keep the seat warm for Avengers Endgame is Hellboy, which will probably be a disappointment to its filmmakers. 
Hellboy actually finished third at the weekend box office behind Little, earning $12 million. It's not good. But that makes things even, since this new version of Hellboy will be a disappointment to most viewers. On an island off the coast of Scotland, something was summoned from the depths of hell. Something that would end mankind. And this uh, thing you worried about, did it show up? Oh, yes. You did. There's a scene about midway through Hellboy in which a giant sword goes through a monster's head, virtually splitting it in half, unleashing waves of blood, and showing some of the soft tissue underneath the skull. While taking in that moment, I thought to myself, I think that's what watching this movie feels like. I was rooting for the 2019 reboot of Hellboy. It was going to be too easy to dismiss this movie and say Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman did it better, twice, without even seeing this new version. But the wave of early reviews seemed to confirm what so many feared when this project was originally announced. Was there really any point to reviving Hellboy if there wasn't anything new to offer? Don't misunderstand me. I don't have a problem with remakes and reboots, even if they're being made too often now. Saying Hollywood is out of ideas is an opinion that's run out of ideas. But popular characters and franchises are always going to be mined for new movies and TV shows if a newer, presumably fresh angle can be taken. And if new digital effects and movie-making techniques can tell those stories better than their previous versions, it might just be worth doing. Part of the sales pitch for this new Hellboy, directed by Neil Marshall and starring David Harbour, is that the movie would be based more closely on the source comic books by Mike Mignola, particularly a 2008 series titled The Wild Hunt, and that will always make fans' horns point a bit higher. Mignola himself seemed to endorse that narrative, which implied that Del Toro took his movies in a slightly different direction from the comic books. I can't speak to that myself. My Hellboy comics reading experience mostly consists of the very first Seed of Destruction story from 1994, elements of which were in Del Toro's 2004 film, and a few single comic books here and there. As much as I love Mignola's art and the vast imagination he showed in creating Hellboy's mythology, those stories came at a time in my life when I wasn't as devoted to comic books. Yes, there really was that time, nor interested in trying new things that weren't superhero related. But I do view Del Toro's two Hellboy movies affectionately. The director's deep imagination with the supernatural and his wondrous creature design appeared to be an ideal match with Mignola's vision. Del Toro may have brought more of a fantasy aspect to Hellboy and created a lighter tone than the comic book's ink-dark sensibility. Yet the humor and humanity in the storytelling made the characters and stories more accessible. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Out there, there's a fifth-century sorceress who wants to bring down the curtain on London and the world. Great homework. Marshall's Hellboy apparently doesn't care about being accessible. The story jumps right into the action from the start, which isn't a bad way to begin a movie like this. Rather than living incognito as a secret operative and maybe an urban legend, as in Del Toro's films, this rebooted Hellboy is known to the culture at large as a world-famous paranormal investigator and supernatural ass-kicker. That kind of celebrity, especially in the age of internet fame and social media, could have been an intriguing angle to explore, but the movie, which is written by Andrew Cosby, never goes anywhere with that. 
Maybe Hellboy deserves credit for not trying to explain too much and keeping the train moving. Between that and a hard-driving soundtrack, the intention is obviously to create a fast pace and high energy. But since there's not much interest in telling a story or exploring character elements, and these are fascinating characters, the plot just goes from action scene to action scene with not much reason given for what's happening. Watch Hellboy fight giants! This time he's taking on a Black Ops military squad. Hey, it looks like he's met his match in a band of medieval hunters. Oh wait, he should probably face that big villain the movie has been trying to build up. Isn't that supposed to be the point of this story? You know what, guys? I think we lost the point of the story somewhere. That villain, the Blood Queen, played by Mia Jovovich, will presumably bring about the end of the world, or at least an onset of hell on earth, if she's allowed to reassemble. She was originally cut into pieces by King Arthur, yes, that King Arthur, and the Knights of the Round Table scattered her limbs throughout Europe. The quest to unearth those body parts and put the Blood Queen back together is what moves the story along. Unfortunately, the minion tasked with fetching the head, shoulders, knees, and toes, a humanoid boar named Gruagach, is a mess on screen. I don't know how realistic a half-man, half-hog creature is supposed to look, but it doesn't look good here. And that's another huge problem with Hellboy. Most of the digital effects look terrible. It's apparent when Harbor is running in front of a green screen. Many of the creatures don't look like they're sharing the same space with the other people in the frame. I hate to keep comparing this to the earlier Hellboy films, but the use of practical effects with makeup, prosthetics, and costuming created a far more cohesive, tangible setting to follow. The Blood Queen is also intended to represent the internal struggle of Hellboy, who isn't meant to be a pizza-chomping, brawling secret agent. He's supposed to be the lord of the underworld. If Hellboy gives in to the demon side of his nature and joins the Blood Queen, there will be a whole bunch of real estate invested in molten lava. But this option is never presented as a preferable one for our hero. We're just supposed to assume that's what he'd do because, well, just look at him with that blood-red skin, tail, and horns. He doesn't fit in. Yet society has apparently embraced him. He has a father, played by Ian McShane, who deserves far better than he eventually gets in this movie, who lovingly raised him, even if it was to train him into becoming a weapon against the occult. And he enjoys beating things up. What does the Blood Queen offer him that's any better, other than looking like Mia Jovovich? Yet besides the script alluding to this inherent conflict for Hellboy with a few lines of dialogue, the story never compels us to believe that it's going to end any other way than how it does. It would just rather be really loud and excessively gory instead. Sorry! I interrupt! On the contrary, you've arrived just in time. I'll acknowledge that I just might not be the audience for this movie. Devoted fans of Hellboy who have enjoyed the comic books, and I admit I have a lot of reading to do, might find much more to enjoy here. Hellboy fans I've talked to were very, very excited about scenes involving a Nazi hunter named Lobster Johnson, played by Thomas Hayden Church, for example. There are a whole bunch of other references packed in that went over my head but were apparently meaningful based on some explainers I've read online. Some of those nods hint at more to come, including a beloved character from earlier Hellboy stories, but I doubt we're getting a sequel here. And if that means yet another reboot, why bother? The better decision would have been to follow up on Del Toro's films, or at least not try to start this whole thing over. There are things to enjoy in this movie. Harbor is great as Hellboy, a totally worthy successor to Ron Perlman, and the redesign, rougher, scarier look for the character is a strong update. 
I also would have liked to see more of Ben Daimio, the ex-military operative played by Daniel Day Kim. Actually, I'd just like to see more of Daniel Day Kim in TV and movies. And I'd really like the haircut that he has in Hellboy. It might look better if I lost a little weight, though. And I think Marshall is a solid director. The Descent is one of the best horror movies of the past 15 years. I've enjoyed his other films like Dog Soldiers and Doomsday, Centurion. He's also done good work on TV like with Game of Thrones and Hannibal. Anyway, plenty of elements here could have pulled off a good movie. But a snarkier view is that the better decision would have been to not make this movie at all. But I want Hellboy movies. I just want good ones. And this ain't it. Are you serious? I already mentioned that the podcast is now on iTunes, but we are also available for listening, downloads, and subscriptions on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. That means you can even listen to this on Amazon Echo, as if you're not already asking enough from Alexa with the weather and the news updates and turning off your lights and all that. We're also on Facebook at the podcast. Please give us a like over there and tell all your friends about us. It's not a crowded room right now, so you can always say you were there before it became popular. If you'd rather provide feedback of a more private nature, send an email to thepodcasts at gmail.com. Elsewhere on social media, you can also play with us on Twitter and Instagram at thepodcasts. And if you need or want just a little bit more, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at IanCass, that's I-A-N-C-A-S-S, and on Instagram at IanCass6873. If you're having trouble keeping track of all this stuff, I assure you that I am too. By the way, thanks to Pat Ryan on Asheville's Wise Sports Radio. I sat in as a guest co-host last Friday and had a great time as usual. If some podcast audio from that show is posted, I'll pass it along. I'm also on the show Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays talking baseball or movies. And the broadcast is now streaming online. But Pat's been really nice about promoting the podcast on the air. So if you're listening due to that, I really appreciate it. Let me know what sorts of stuff you'd like to hear on the show. Thank you for listening, and remember, just because a guy looks like a demon, he might be a pretty cool guy trying to fit in. He even cut off and shaved down his horns for you. Buy him a drink. Share a cigar. He probably has some great stories to tell. Unless it's about a movie in which he fights the Blood Queen. Let's get together again soon, okay? Until then, be good.